You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to Agency Highway. This is episode 68 and today we have Ben Assen from the Digital Project Manager joining us to talk about projects, uh, project management and process because as you may have noticed lately, we have been talking a lot about pricing and mindset around selling more and, and this kind of stuff, but not so much about the process. So I'm really excited for this episode. Ben, thank you so much for joining me. Cheers. Thanks so much for having me. So, mate, tell us a bit about you, like your agency background, like, yeah, yeah. why are you qualified to talk to us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, good question. And, um, yeah, I started off my career in advertising agencies in London, in the UK, um, and that was back in the early 2000s. Um, and, yeah, my career has been spent at different agencies. So, I started off in above-the-line agencies doing uh, TV, radio, press, um, and then I discovered... Uh, the world of interactive. So I actually started out in Wonderman Interactive um, and spent my career... did you say? Wonderman Interactive. Wow, that's a a word. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was part of... uh, There's an agency called Harrison Troughton Wonderman. That was what HTW was what it was really called. But yeah, Wonderman Interactive was where I started. And it was a great place to start because I was working on the Land Rover account. Um, and I was working with the above the line team. So the people who were doing the radio press, uh, and TV ads, and we were all working together in this integrated agency environment. They were the above the line agency, YNR, and we were, uh, Wonderman Interactive and we're all working on the same campaigns and projects together. So that's kind of where I cut my teeth and got into the world of digital, um, and then, yeah, then began to specialize working as a, a project manager. I made that transition from account manager to project manager when I kind of realized that actually I knew how to build stuff and that was really useful in managing other people who were trying to build stuff. Um, so yeah, spent the last 15 years in different agencies in, uh, in London and in North America. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And I think that makes you uniquely qualified because, I mean, a lot of the guests that come on this show are kind of running, it's, it's like it's their own agency, but uh, many of them don't actually have that big agency experience. And I think you can learn a lot, like whether it's good or bad, I guess we'll dig into that yeah. um, from from big agencies. There seems to be a mix of stories. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, like that, having access to those big projects, I imagine would teach you a hell of a lot. Yeah, I think you you make some, uh, you know, if you make a mistake, it becomes very obvious very quickly, yeah. and there's enormous financial consequences, um, of which, yeah, I was responsible for some of those, and uh, things went wrong. But uh, also, there's some great successes, and having the visibility, everyone being able to see your work on billboards and on their phones and everywhere is a is a really cool thing. Yeah. So I imagine like in that time, then you mentioned mistakes. Is that, is that results in projects sort of going over budget and getting delivered late, that kind of thing? Yeah. Well, I think when I started out in particular, it was, you know, digital was new and exciting and clients were beginning to throw a lot of money at it because we could Mm. start proving results. 
um, with our campaigns. Um, but yeah, things went wrong. And, you know, at the beginning of my career, uh, I started out as a project manager and didn't really realize exactly what that meant. In fact, my role at the time was called, I was called a producer hmm. and I was, I was told it was kind of the same thing as account management, but it turns out it wasn't because I had to create estimates and I had to create timelines and statements Ooh. of work when I'd never done that before. And the first time I did that, I was really bad at it. And I was bad at it for quite a long time. Um, and yeah, there were some horrible things that happened as a result of that, of that inexperience. And you know, that's why I started the Digital Project Manager a decade later. It was because when I started out in project management, it was really hard uh, to get any real best practice. Um, everyone around me had kind of been doing it for a while. And I was just kind of thrown in at the deep end. And found out that I didn't really know exactly what I was doing. So um, that was a resource I created to help other people develop best practice and a really a playbook for digital project management. Yeah. And that's awesome, man, because I haven't actually seen, I don't know if I've seen anyone doing similar stuff to you and it's a, it's a needed skill project management. Yeah. And I think, I think it's something that um, in small agencies, I've been in some small agencies and built out project management teams. And project management is, is one of those roles that when an agency is small, uh, the project management is, you know, is often done by the CEO or mm -hmm. maybe it's done by the tech lead. Uh, but it's kind of one of those things that when a team is small, um, everyone does it together. It's a collaborative kind of um, yeah. approach. But as the team gets bigger, as the projects get more complicated, um, you really need someone to take hold of the vision, to run with it, and to be accountable, to take responsibility, to to cast that vision, and make sure that you know the project's delivering value at the end, but that someone's got their eyes on managing and controlling it, so that uh, people are beginning to realise when things are going off the rails before they go off the rails. And that requires some proper planning upfront to make that sure that can happen. So let's talk about that. What are some best practices that, you know, because obviously so many projects are delivered over budget and late and yeah. that sort of thing. And well, let's start with there. Like what, why do you think that's the case? Yeah, I think usually the reason why things go off over budget is because they haven't been defined well enough at the beginning. And, you know, it takes experience to know the kind of questions to ask. Um, in that estimating process. But yeah, things normally go over budget because they weren't estimated correctly in the first place um, and also because of scope group. So whether or not that's gold plating internally because the creative mm -hmm. director wants to make something super special because they want to win an award or whether or not that's because the client has also uh, is keen to make their mark on the project and add scope and the client or the agency just bends over backwards and says, okay, well, you know, just this once will make an exception. But ultimately, the reason that these internal gold plating or the scope keep from the client happens are because the project's not fully or well enough defined up front. So that's why I think the project planning process is so important mm. and that we, we plan things and we um, specify as much as we possibly can up front um, and, we, and we're cognizant of our planning horizon. So it might be at the beginning of the project in that discovery phase, that discovery and planning phase, all we can really plan is that discovery and planning part of the project. And that's fine. And we just need to have a, an open conversation with the client. Hey, I can't give you a price and a timeline for the entire project because we're in the discovery phase. So let's have a budget and a timeline for that. 
And I can give you a, I can give you a ballpark for the entire project, but until we get to the end of that initial phase, um, I can't give you a full budget. And I mm. think we sometimes just fall into the trap of, you know, a client wants to know a number, and so we give them a number, and we don't really define what's included in that number, and then we go over that number. But it's because it wasn't properly planned in the first place. Yeah, and, and another way, I guess, uh, man, that that sort of affects as a business. It's not so much like going. Like, I, I just imagine someone's listening to this, being like, you know, over budget and late. You no, know, this is like stuff that big agencies and big companies use. But the way it sort of manifests in small agencies is just like you use up all the money that you, uh, you know, you basically end up with a project that makes zero dollars, right? Which, yeah. you know, it just costs you a bunch of months or something. Yeah. Um, but And that will never end, right? Because yeah. that's the other thing that happens when it's not well-defined, it never really ends. Mm -hmm. And you end up supporting the client until eventually you fire them or mm. until they leave to start working with someone else. So that definition of where the, yeah, where things start and where things end is, uh, is really critical. Yeah. And I really liked what you mentioned there with the, like the sort of discovery, like the paid discovery. And I guess we kind of ended up doing this without realizing it. I mean, just out of necessity with our software development, right? So we uh, build large scale, complex web applications, right? Yeah. And it, uh, for a while, we would try to quote stuff and then it would just go to shit as it always does. And then we realized that by doing like a UX phase, uh, that, that's what we were yeah. calling it, we'd actually you know, do all the discovery, as I guess you would call it, um, learn about what the app's got to do, um, put some designs, wireframes and designs in place and agree on all of that. And that's much easier to budget if that's like a $5,000 little UX project uh, that's makes the rest of like a sixty, seventy thousand dollar project go the right way, it's totally worthwhile. Because it's got to be done anyway. Um yeah. and it helps you define everything so much better. Yeah. And and at that point you've got a much better idea of the level of complexity that is going to go into the project. So I think in the discovery phase, you can base you can do analogous estimating and you can say, hey, this platform is kind of like that platform we did three months ago. We think that's probably going to require about, you know, maybe up to 10 wireframes um, and up to 10 page designs. It's going to be no more than that. It's not going to be any more complex than that. But then the functionality within those pages, well, we don't really know yet. So let's do that UX and design and then let's estimate for development uh, rather than just saying, hey, yeah, sure, 100K for the whole thing. Does that sound fair? And they say, no, it's too expensive. <laughs> and you say, okay, well, how about 80 grand? And then you're like, okay, yeah, deal. Uh, that's where things start falling apart. Yeah. So, what, like, where do we go then? Like, let's say we've planned out a project. Like, I guess actually, let, let's stay on planning. So, how, like, how detailed do you go in planning? Like, are you sort of every little feature, every little page? Yeah. What I'm trying to do is. Uh, just blocking the canvas. So I'm trying to kind of like I gave that example of up to ten pages. I'm trying to imagine the, I guess almost like the worst case scenario. So if I think it's going to be seven pages, probably, and I've you know in my head or even sketched out on paper that IA, that information architecture and that tree to show okay, there's seven pages, and then we've got three others just in case. Um, so I'm trying to block in the canvas and think, okay, well, it's probably no more than 10. So let's decide 10. Uh, 10 wireframes is what we're going to include within the planning phase. And then, okay, if there's 10 wireframes, there's going to be 10 page designs to do. 
Um, and so I'm trying to, I'm trying to think back to other projects and think about how much work this is likely to be, but put a number next to things and say, okay, up to 10 or no more than five. Um, because it's when, it's when you have it vague, like, Hey, in this discovery and planning phase, we're going to do the page designs. Well, how many page designs? Hmm. So the other thing I'd be trying to, to limit is how many rounds of revision are we including? So is this one or two rounds of consolidated feedback and amends? Um, how can we, how can we put numbers against things to, uh, to block them in? And I think the other thing to think about is, um, I mean, there's assumptions we make uh, around the what we're going to deliver. So we're trying to define the deliverables as clearly as possible. The output of this will be a PDF that will contain 10 wireframes. And then it's worth that negative scope. So we will not be providing wireframes mm -hmm. for the other thing that we talked about. We'll not be doing any development work. We will not be doing this. So yeah. anything, anything that you spoke about in the business development phase that they could possibly have misunderstood it's yeah. worth including as negative scope absolutely and yeah i've, I've this is something we've had learned the hard way that we have to do as well so yeah like if you just in passing talk about something else that's like you know it could be way down the track it could be like yeah. uh, talking about an mvp or something right like in their minds they could have locked that in as something that you're doing as part of this phase so yeah that is very very important it's like yeah. good communication. Definitely. Yeah, and get it written down. <laughs> yeah. So I know another big thing you are an advocate of is Agile. Is that correct? Agile project management? Well, what does that mean? But yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, well, really, I think it's... <laughs> yeah, no, I just was going to say that like that's what we try to get our clients into now is like running sprints and then like having uh, in each sprint um, – having certain features or things we're developing and each one of those when it's accepted has a cost, right? So that might be a specific page um, and that we actually get paid at the end of month or something for the number of uh, features in quotes that uh, have been completed and accepted by the client and each. Yeah. So yeah, let, let's talk about agile. Like how do you yeah. define it? Well, yeah, I think agile project management, I, I think the, the misunderstood, the kind of classic misunderstanding that happens is that it's a, another word to use for scrum. And I think mm -hmm. because scrum has been become such a popular, um, framework. Um, and the reason I think it's become so popular is that you can do a two day course, spend a thousand dollars and become certified as a, you can become a certified scrum master of which I am one, but, um, <laughs> You can do this two-day course and you become certified and then everyone thinks, okay, well, Agile is Scrum. Well, Scrum is a way to apply Agile, but it's not the, it's not the only way to do it. And I think Agile is a much more generous in its um, approach. Like, it doesn't define, there's not a framework that it defines or a particular process. It just says, hey, there's, there's a better way of doing the things. And I think what we in agencies can do is think about those agile themes and principles and think about how we can apply them to our projects. So example, the idea of yeah, collaborating with clients rather than um, relying on um, documentation and ha making it a battle, you know, a binary battle where someone wins and someone loses, um, that actually the whole process can be more collaborative. So one thing that I'm really excited about is uh, engagement models where clients pay on a per sprint basis mm -hmm. rather than 
um, on a deliverables basis. So if the trust really is there between the client and the agency, if the if the client truly believes that the agency will deliver value, that they're the best people for the job, and really what you're what you're doing for the client is helping them to prioritize and helping them to architect what the solution is and then building it out. Um, that agile engagement model where you can say, hey, well, I think this is going to be yeah, 12 sprints, uh, 12 two-week sprints for this project, um, but maybe it's, maybe it's more, maybe it's less, uh, but making sure the client can afford that and that they're happy with that approach. And then, then you go into it together as a team. And it's not this battle between, okay, well, I'm paying you $80,000 and I want to get as much as I possibly can. And, yeah. the, and the agency thinking, well, you're paying us $80,000 and we want to spend as little of it as we can. Um, so have, having that slightly right. different approach around um, contracts. Um, I'd, like I think to kind of, I'd like to circle back to this, but just quickly in case um, pe- for people that are listening that don't yeah. know what a sprint is, for example, I, I, used, I shouldn't have used that word before without uh, defining it first. Let's just quickly talk about what a sprint is. Yeah, so a sprint is, I mean, in, in Scrum, they describe it as something that's, you know, two to three weeks long. Um, and in a sprint, what you're doing is trying to deliver um, some incremental value. So all the teams working together, on some work and at the end of the sprint or end of the two to three week period you're delivering some value Uh, and the idea is what we're trying to do we're trying to create shippable increments of work so for example what we do is we we have a a backlog of items one of them you know in, in our backlog might be three different things and we prioritize with the client what the most important thing is so in our sprint we have a sprint goal which says to deliver uh, a new home page and in, in that two-week period, what we're trying to do is collaborate together as a team, everyone working at the same time on delivering this homepage. That's our shippable increment. And at the end of the sprint, what we'll have is a sprint review and we'll review all the work done and the client says whether or not they like it and it can be shipped um, or not. And that's kind of what our sprint is. It's just an increment of time. It's, it's time boxing work to try and increase the throughput. Yep. Awesome. I love that definition. Did a much better job than, um, than I could have done. Because, uh, <laughs> I mean, we, we do this, um, but more on like a feature level. So like um, we're actually about to switch to this for Content Snare because um, we've for a long time have been, I guess, refining our uh, sprint process with client, these really large client projects and not applying it to Content Snare yet, but we're ready to go um, very soon. And it'll be like, I don't know, a new feature might be like add commenting or something. And that might be depending on how many developers we've got going at one time, that could be everyone's working on that, or it could be just one developer's working on that. And then um, the other developers working on their little piece. Um, yeah. yeah. So I'd like to talk a bit about how to get clients onto this model, um, because this is something we've like partly struggled with, but I feel like it's kind of easy to explain to clients. Like in the past, we've just said like, uh, we can go ahead and quote this entire thing. Like we can give you a quote for everything that you have uh, put down, like everything we've discussed, we can put it all in a quote um, and we're going to give you a fixed price. But that means that everything that's like not in this, and I guarantee you're going to come up with new things throughout this process. Like things are yeah. going to change. Um, 
it always does. It does every time. Like, you know, we might build the homepage and then you'll realize that we forgot like this other thing that you need or some, a new page. It'll jog your memory and you remember. Um, and then we'll have to go and add to the quote, put in like a variation and it just becomes a shit show. So that's kind of the description of that process is how I've sold clients on the benefits of agile and, and sprints before just being like, look, it's much better for everybody. If we just do it this way, we've still got defined packages. We can just add new packages in that get done on the next sprint or whatever. Yeah. And that seems to go down fairly well. Do you have any advice on this? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I, I just w- want to touch on the alternative to to that approach briefly. If people are thinking, hey, well, there's no way my client is ever going to go for this yeah. because I think it is rare that clients go for it. And I think it's mm-hmm. rare because they're worried it's their money. They, they're worried that at the end of the six weeks or whatever it might be, you're like, okay, well, I've done, we've done our sprints. Um, and they're like, but hold on, where's my website gone? And, with, and you say, well, it's not done yet. <laughs> so then they're kind of in a tough spot. So the way that we can manage that is to have the alternative, an alternative way of doing it is to have a change budget and include that within the budget and just say, hey, look, ah. we know typically that things change on projects. Why don't we include 20% of that, of, of the budget or 30% for change? And then we can just dip into that and it gives us a bit of flexibility. So that's an alternative way of thinking about it. It's a good this. way to call it, a good thing to call it too. When I was an engineer, they used to just call that fudge factor and roll it yeah. in without the client knowing. <laughs> well, yeah, there's two, I mean, there's two ways of doing it. If the client won't pay for it, then you have to build fat into the into yeah. the estimate itself. But I think it's much better if you can be transparent. And then right from the start, you say to the client, hey, there's a pot of money in here and we put this pot of money in because we know how hard it is for you to get more funds. So let's account for it right at the beginning. We all know change is going to happen and we haven't got all the requirements. So um, let's allow for change and it, you know, allow us, give us room to pivot. Hmm. And that's another way to be agile within the constraints of a, what might look like a more typical engagement model. Hmm. Um, I like that. Yeah. So there's different ways, there's different ways of applying it. And I think, yeah, we can sell sprints. Uh, but we can also sell more flexibility within the um, you know, traditional estimate approach as well. Mm. Love it. So, um, I mean, how do you help people? Like what's a digital, digital project manager all about? How do you help people do exactly all this stuff? <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, like I said, we, I started the digital project manager. It was back in 2012. And at the time, there wasn't really much out there. And to be honest, I don't think there still is much out there um, that's talking about how we put theory into practice. And there's some great project management training out there, like uh, the Project Management Institute, who recently rebranded uh, to become funky and cool. Um, they've got lots of great content, and they have their project management book of knowledge with the PMP, which is you know trying to get people to become project management professionals. My issue with that was that it's very hard to apply to the fast and loose kind of wild west world that we live in, um, in the agency world. And so I wanted to build a platform of best practice uh, and together with other project managers, create this playbook for digital project management so that we can, um, you know, work out how it is that we can deliver better projects in a digital world. So we've got training. uh, We've got a Slack team that's got 3,000 digital project managers in it. Um, we've got uh, membership uh, that contains all kinds of templates you need and monthly workshops. 
um, and our Mastering Digital Project Management School, which is a seven-week course where we take you through the whole project lifecycle from initiation through to delivery uh, to really teach people who lead and manage projects who might not be project managers themselves, but how it is that you can deliver projects more effectively. Nice. Do you help people that are just starting out in project management as well? Yeah, so our our membership and our training um, are for both those kind of use cases. So in um, our membership, you'll find all kinds of resources. Actually, we're running a workshop um, just this month on you know your project manager career. And that's everything from like, how do you get into digital project management in the first place through to how do I get promoted? But yeah, then there's, then there's the training itself, our Mastering Digital Project Management School, where we teach you, okay, here's how you do the, the hard skills of estimating, of project planning, of creating statements of work that are flexible and robust and that will get bought by the client. Uh, how do you manage and control projects? So that complete spectrum of hard skills. And then what we're doing is we're meshing that in with the soft skills uh, that you need to learn as well and giving you pointers on where to go with them because the soft skills are something that we can continually develop throughout our career. That's awesome. And like, I imagine this would be a really good fit for like small agencies who are thinking about hiring someone. Like I know this would have been super helpful for me. Like our, our I guess, hiring order went like one developer, two developers. Yeah. And I put on like a third and I was like, I can't manage this uh, anymore as well as like be the business owner. So that's when we hired a project manager and we kind of just were like winging it the whole way. So like ha- being able to teach her a whole bunch of stuff, like, would have been helpful. So I can see this being very useful for agencies in that position. Yeah, and I think it can be useful as well um, because we're going through the project life cycle from that initiation through to delivery where we go through the planning process and the managing and controlling parts of projects. Um, it brings up conversations that you probably need to have, like how are we estimating? How, yeah, just as we've been talking about, are we going to sell this in sprints? Are we going to sell this as a retainer? What's our what's our engagement model? Uh, what are we defining in terms of delivery deliverables? Um, how do we make assumptions? How do we what's the documentation we use as a team? So even just getting your process um, kind of aligned within the organization, I could think is a really valuable thing to go through. So what we often have, you know, a CEO will do the course with. Um, maybe one or two of their team members. And through that process, they build out their own best practice and define their um, approach uh, for their agency. That's awesome. I, I just had uh, your website uh, open here as well. And I realized that you have a whole bunch of uh, tool guides, which is going to keep me busy for a while. Uh, <laughs> that's where I kind of lose myself. And I see there's uh, the 10 best project management software of 2019. And it is a beautiful article with like oh, thank you. little animated graphs of like um, user interface ratings for all these different tools. I love that. I mean, I might, I might even link this up in the notes just because I like that one. But of course, um, if you're listening to this, uh, go over to the digitalprojectmanager.com. I believe digitalprojectmanager.com also redirects there. <laughs> um, but <laughs> we will have we'll have everything linked up at agencyhighway.com slash six eight sixty eight. Ben, anything else you want to cover before we uh, wrap this up? No, it's been great talking about all things project management. Thanks for having me with you. No worries. Thanks again, Ben. Discover how to grow your agency, earn more, and work less at agencyhighway.com. 
Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.